This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights, here to break down week seven, the back half of the schedule is here. Things are starting to come into focus. And wow, what a slate we have for you this weekend. Very interesting. Peel behind the onion. When I pick these games, sometimes you have some very big point spread. This one was very much not. I was like, we cannot pick more games that are only three point spreads. But that's exactly what we've got this week because there's a lot of interesting games out there. Very, very much interesting. So we're going to get all into all of that. We are down one Browder kid tonight. Uh, Hank had to bail for a makeup softball game so he will not be here but we wanted to get this to get to this so that we could uh, get it in your hands so that you when you're commuting to and from games that you've got it uh but with me here tonight is my other co-host my name is madison i'm joined as always by my brother pierce pierce how are you doing well doing well a little bit down um just due to some things going on in some other sports right now but uh doing well looking forward to this week as i head on in the recap big week uh for us here in nashville um, maybe not so much the game, but the fact that the team is in town uh, to face Vandy. And, uh, you know, w- with that comes uh, a lot of hoopla and a lot of uh, fanfare going on and a lot of people coming over um, and, and a lot of hosting going on. So um, definitely a little bit uh, busy time, but excited to jump into the slate. Interesting slate this week, uh, a week that, you know, I'm looking at the the car that we're going going to go through today and cover for you all. And <laughs> Flip a coin, man. A lot of these games, I have no, I've got strong opinions, but I, but they also don't line up with the situation and the spot. And so I'm pretty torn on, on most of these games that we're going to cover today um, because there are some good matchups, but there are some matchups with teams that like, for instance, I'm just going to go and spoil this one. Oregon, Oregon, Washington. Okay. Oregon got their win against Colorado, but they were pissed off. Can we really trust what they did against Colorado that they're going to, that that's that that's kind of what the norm is for them. So there's a lot of interesting spots here for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these uh, matchups. Um, so it makes it tough this week. So looking forward to diving in and seeing your opinion. We're not picking the game Pierce, but since you said it, I'll go ahead and throw out an interesting stat for you. Vanderbilt has yet to score a touch or has not scored a touchdown in Georgia uh, in seven or not seven. Golly, I'm struggling today. I'm str- I'm also very um reclaimed with the Braves right now, so that's that's what's going on. Uh, Vanderbilt has not scored a touchdown on Georgia in five years, so fun fact of the day. We'll see if uh that gets lengthened to six or not. To your point with the hometown team, not what we're picking. We're not picking that game because there's a lot of more interesting games. To your point, Oregon and Washington being the marquee one there at three thirty p.m. Uh, the minute the I've already been made aware that by a, an Oregon loving fan. Uh, uh, that will be at the game. <laughs> the minute that the Georgia game is over, we are rushing to a TV to watch Oregon Washington. And I don't, I don't mind that one bit. Um, without further ado, you want to jump in here? It feels weird not having Hank to give his thoughts, but uh, we'll, we could jump in with our picks and uh, predictions if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Starting off noon slate atrocious. You've got your top four teams in America. I think maybe even five teams in America going at noon. They're all like 30 point favorites. So, not touching any of the noon stuff. We're going to start at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. And that, of course, is Eastern Time, Pierce. The Cal Golden Bears in Utah to take on the Utes. Number 16 in the nation, Utah Utes. Of course, the Utah Utes do have that one loss that came not last week, but the week before uh, at Oregon State when they went to town and DJ Uyengalale carved them up. Uh, Cal has three losses on the season to Auburn, Washington, and Oregon State. So heavy hitters, Auburn maybe notwithstanding, but heavy hitters in the conference. Um, Utah played two weeks ago because they were off last week, just so you know. Uh, And we are getting that point spread at 13.5. Utah favored by 13.5. I'm seeing the lines already moved down from that, as is apt to do when you've got a point spread like that. But at home, the Utah Utes, still without Cam Rising, still don't believe he will play in this one. Uh, I think most people bet the Utah Utes are going to win this game, but Cal's got a pretty good offense, Pierce. Uh, and I'll be interested to see what what happens with the with the Cal Golden Bears on the road, um, and and if they're able to just kind of outpace Utah. I'm going to let you go first, just because I've gotten used to giving my pick second. Who you got in this one? 
Yeah, this is a this is a weird game. Um, obviously, we've been teased all year that uh, that um, the quarterback for Utah. I'm going blank on his name. You just mentioned him is coming back. Cam Rising, and he never, Cam Rising. Thank you. And he's and he hasn't yet. Um, I think that's really we should have known he had hurt his knee. It's hard to come back from a knee injury that quickly. So, um, and they've had a lot of inconsistencies at the quarterback spot. The one reason I am taking Utah is they're at home and they're a different animal at home, specifically on defense. And yes, I know that their defense is pretty injury riddled right now. And hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me in the end, but this Cal team hasn't had to do anything, uh, you know, all that much on the road yet, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Oregon state was at home last week, um, I really expected that that was one of my plays of the of the week, my easy peasies. I thought Cal's defense had shown me a little something and would be able to uh, to kind of keep that and muck it up. Um, but I also didn't think Cal would score a whole lot of points, and, and they did on Oregon State. Uh, and Oregon State, you know, had a great defense last year. I think they're definitely a little bit down from last year, but still a, a okay okay defense. Um, and man, yeah, Mendoza came out and he didn't throw uh, for a whole heck of a lot, but they ran the ball all over Oregon State. Um, I just don't see that. If this was at home uh, and this was still, you know, a, a double digit spread, I, I'd be very tempted to take Cal due to the inconsistencies at quarterback and some of the injuries for Utah. But they're a different animal at at, at home. And, and I, I just kind of think back to, OK, they've looked bad at times on the road at home. You know, they've covered the spread, I believe, against Florida. Um, and, and they covered another spread at home. I, I think they get it done here. 14's a lot, 13 and a half is a lot. And I know you said it came down, um, but anything under 14, I'm going to back Utah at home. They're, they've got one of the best home field advantages in all football. So give me the Utes minus 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I totally do. Um, I, and they're off that rest, obviously from last week, they, they did have that buy. So, um, it is a lot. Cal has been hanging around with these teams, um, you know, even Washington, who looks really good. Washington had to basically outpace them. They're averaging 433 yards a game. On the flip side, Utah is averaging less than 300. So that's why I think there's a possibility this could be kind of a shootout type level. Um, and just to be different, you know what? I'm going to do it. Give me Cal on the road. It is. Yes, I get it. It is a, as a road environment, but it's out west. So three o'clock Eastern time is actually one o'clock mountain time. I think that that's, you know, kind of, I don't know if that's necessarily the most conducive atmosphere to having that home field advantage. Be different if it was under the lights. I do like this Cal team to, to keep it close. I don't think they win, um, but I do think, you know what? Hey, what not? This is the biggest point spread we're going to pick today. I'm going to go with Cal plus the 13 and a half. It's a lot. It's a lot of points for a Cal team that's really not that bad. Um, so maybe it's just to be different, but maybe I believe it. Go Golden Bears. Uh, let's flip over, Pierce, to that marquee game. You've already teased it. The number eight. Oregon Ducks in Seattle to take on the number seven Washington Huskies. That game is on ABC at 3.30 Eastern time. This is the game that is probably going to... Now, here's the thing. Caveat. These two teams probably will play again. <laughs> probably will play again. There are some teams that will want to have something to say about it. There's no divisions, obviously, in the Pac-12 anymore. So it's just the two best teams, much like the Red River rivalry last week. Probably going to see Texas and Oklahoma play again. Probably going to see these two teams play again. But that being said... You got to win your regular season. You want a regular losing the regular season game creates the margin of error just so much tighter. Uh, just ask Miami about that. So you got to win this one. Washington at home is favored by two and a half. Golly, that's a that's a really close <laughs> close spread. Uh, to your point about that, to having that home field advantage, it has moved up half a point. I'm seeing. But let's just lay out the groundwork really quick. Let's lay down the storylines. Uh, you got two transfer quarterbacks, Michael Penix Jr., who came from Indiana who had a flash of brilliance during COVID under Tom Allen, but then just kind of stunk it up for them. He transfers out to Washington, had a good year last year, but this year is looking phenomenal. Definitely has his name, uh, you know, floating to the top of the, the Heisman list, probably right behind someone else in conference, Caleb Williams. Oregon, on the other hand, their quarterback is Bo Nix. He transferred in from Auburn, uh, who also, you know, he was fine at Auburn, but wasn't doing anything crazy. Transfers to Oregon. Had a great year last year. Is having another good year this year. Um, both these teams, like I already said, is are undefeated. Uh, on the flip side of things, if it matters to you, because the story is going to be offense on this in this game, the Oregon defense has been uh, just a touch better. Just a touch better. They're only averaging giving up 255 yards total a game compared to Washington's 365. 
But it is there in Seattle against the Washington uh, fan base who these two teams hate each other. Don't get me wrong. It has nothing. It doesn't hold a candle to the Apple Cup or to Oregon, Oregon State. But these two teams do not like each other. This one's going to be chippy. uh, And I, I cannot wait for this one. We'll get your pick first, Pierce. Oregon, Washington. Break it down a little bit more. I know I teased some of the players in this game, but uh, let us know what you think about this one. Man, total uh, total 50-50 call here, in my opinion. Um, we'll see kind of how things break down the next couple days in the buildup, and if I end up taking a position on either side here, but I don't have anything right now, to be completely honest with you. Um, when you look at it, I think one of the things that stands out to me the most is that Oregon's defense has looked like the better unit. Um, the clearly... Uh, the one unit on the field that's that that's greater than the other team. Um, I think both offenses are pretty darn good. Um, I think Oregon's offensive line is really good. Um, they've been able to run the ball. Obviously, Bo Nix is going to do what he does. Um, but defensively, that's where it's there's a clear cut difference with Washington, in my opinion. However, on the flip side, they're going on the road and they've covered every spread. And if I've learned something that uh, it's it's you're not, you're not going to go perfect against the spread, especially now that you're going on the road. Their first true, uh, I will give Lubbock credit that that's a tough place to go play. And I believe it was at night. So that's a Lubbock at night is, is a different animal. It it is a great environment. Um, but they didn't look super crisp in that one. They, they definitely made some mistakes. Now they go on the road, uh, to Washington, who's clearly a better team. Um, their offense is humming. Michael Penix, it looks great. They've got two fantastic weapons on the outside. I, I do worry a little bit about Washington's defense. I don't know if they've got the dudes that they have had in the past on some of these defenses. Um, and and so that does scare me. Would it would it surprise me to see Oregon go out and win by you know win something like thirty eight to twenty eight in this one and win by ten points? Not at all. Um, but I, I give the home field advantage here a big a big boost, and that that is Washington. I'm going to take the Washington Huskies here. We'll see if I end up uh, pivoting or having a play on this later in the week. Um, I doubt it will be an easy peasy because I really truly think this is a coin flip. Um, but I I'll give Penix and uh, Washington. With that little extra boost from being at home, the slight edge, and 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 finally Oregon loses, not just loses their first game of the season, but loses their first against the spread uh, play of the season as they are currently five and zero. I'm going to be in lockstep with you. Don't get me wrong, emotionally, I'm going to be rooting for Oregon. Um, you know, they're not one of the teams that I you can't have three teams that you cheer for. But uh, I wanted to go to Oregon in high school really badly. Ultimately, it was just too far from home. So I've always had a soft spot in my my heart for the Ducks, but I agree with you. I don't think they've really been tested enough, the Oregon Ducks. And this is a big test for them. Uh, Washington's got that home field advantage. Uh, They're going to have a fired up crowd. I do think that Oregon's going to be in it, um, but I think that ultimately, because it's only two and a half, I think that I can see, uh, you know, Washington winning by like three or four. um, And to your point, it's kind of a coin flip. A lot of people who don't follow Auburn football are not going to be aware of the following aware of the following phrase I'm about to say. Road Bo Nicks. So there was a phenomenon, and I don't I would I haven't really paid attention to it in Oregon, Pierce, but in Auburn, when Bo Nix was at home, he played phenomenally. He was like, oh my gosh, this guy could be a Heisman hopeful. He's, you know, absolutely the billing of what was the prince that was promised for Auburn. But when he went on the road, he laid eggs. And I don't necessarily think he's going to stink it up here, but I don't like him to to really uh, be able to do anything phenomenal. I think he's got a potential interception in him. I think he, you know, maybe a mistake or two. I do think this is the best Oregon team we've seen. I love what Dan Lanning has done, and I love that for the first time in a really long time. They've, they've defensively, you know, they went and got a defensive-minded coach, and defensively they're lights out, which in the past they've been historically an um, offensive-minded team. Uh, like I said, I think these two teams meet again, but I think this first one give goes to Washington. And to be honest with you, if you're going to have a rematch of two teams, uh, uh, you know, if you could guarantee that you're going to get to see the team again, you kind of want to be the person who gets the second win. So um, I'm going to go Washington Huskies as well. I don't love it, but we have to make picks here. So that's who I will roll with. All right, let's stay at 3.30 Eastern time on CBS, Texas A&M Aggies in Neyland Stadium to take on the number 19 Tennessee Volunteers. Texas A&M got dealt their second loss of the season last week when they uh, narrowly lost to Alabama, although it didn't feel very narrow when you were watching the dang thing. Tennessee, on the other hand, coming off of a bye, 
Uh, they do have one loss on the season. It was when they traveled to Florida, quite an upset for them, especially in a world where people thought, hey, they're going to potentially win the SEC East. Anything could still happen, but they're going to have to have a little bit of help. Um, okay, here's the deal. Texas A&M doesn't have Connor Wegman. Max Johnson's still the quarterback. Didn't love their play calls last week. Didn't love some of the decisions last week, but it is Alabama. They are having to go to Neyland Stadium, which is a ridiculously raucous atmosphere, and I'll say that hand up. It's probably one of the more intimidating places I would imagine as a player to go. But Joe Milton and company haven't looked as brilliant as they have in the past, um, so it's going to be interesting. And As we know, that Tennessee defense is suspect at best. They are favored in this one, Pierce, by three and a half points. So I got to know, are you rolling with a bounce back spot for Max Johnson and company, or do you think fresh off a bye that Josh Heupel's team is going to be ready to go and cover this point spread? I, I just don't see it this week for Texas A&M. I, could I eat my words? Yes. And, and I think the main reason for that is, you know, Tennessee hasn't been great at throwing the ball. That's kind of been one of their weak spots this year. They've been very hit or miss. Um, but they've run the ball well. And I know that this offense, for as good as they threw it last year, this offense is predicated off the run. They need to get that first first down, and then they start flying. Um, and that's what gets teams on their heels. They spread it out. They make you cover the entire field. Um, and and but but this year I'm just they're just eh, you know, it is Joe Milton's very hit or miss. Uh, you know, he struggles with some of the intermediate short passes. Um, and what's the one area of Texas AM that they struggle? The DBs, they got cooked against Bama. They got cooked against Miami. Here's the thing, though. I think Tennessee, for, for you know, I would consider this a little bit of a down year, uh, specifically, or especially coming off of last season um, and, and, and that team being very good. This team just isn't that. Um, are they a fringe top 25 team? For sure. Uh, you know, maybe by the end of the season, they develop enough to be a top 20 or 15 team. But you know, they're kind of a fringe top 25 team. So I think they're a little bit overinflated here. However, they have shown me one thing, and that is at home, a la against South Carolina. Um, they they play with a different attitude. They play better. That home field environment is a big deal for them. Sensing a theme here, Madison, home field advantage. Yep. Um, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really wanted to talk myself into Texas A&M because I do think that <clears throat> Texas A&M defensive from a def- defensive line standpoint <clears throat> can disrupt Tennessee's offense and what they're trying to do. Um, but I do kind of worry, okay, man, they've lost two. You saw last year, a couple last couple years, I feel like they, you know, they hit a point where they just kind of gave up on the season for the most part. Um, they, their only road game this season was at Miami, not a great home field environment. What they do, they got torched, absolutely torched. I kind of see this uh, game being a little bit similar. If if Milton and company can hit a couple deep throws early, I, I think Tennessee can run away with this one and win by ten to seventeen points. Um, you know, but if if Adam, from a defensive standpoint, comes out and they get after Milton uh, with the pass rush and they're able to contain this uh, this off this this running game, then they very well could be in play. I I, I just you know, I think Tennessee's defense isn't great as they showed against uh, Florida. They they were not very physical. They were not great at stopping the run. Um, but at home, again, they're a little bit of a different animal. It's it's harder for teams going into that environment um, with the snap count issues. To, I, I expect Tennessee to get after um, uh, Max Johnson. And Max Johnson, man, he, he holds on to the ball way too long. I, I expect a couple big turnovers in this one as well. Um, and, and that's just further cements uh, why I'm on the Tennessee Vols this, this week, minus three and a half. I'm with you. Lockstep. Give me the Tennessee Volunteers. I've been joking with my roommate, who's a huge Tennessee fan all week long. Man, I can't wait for you guys to lose to A&M. Can't wait for A&M to beat you. Stuff like that. I don't see it happening. Uh, To your point, Pierce, that loss at Miami has aged very poorly now because of what happened with uh, them last week. Um, With the Texas A&M loss, I should say. And that's the only time they've been on the road so far this season. They have not gone on the road otherwise. Um, Tennessee same thing. They've only been on the road one time, and that was, of course, a loss. Otherwise, they've been doing a very good job of protecting that home field. Um, I do think Texas A&M is better than South Carolina. I think that they are going to maybe give Tennessee a little bit more run for their money, but it's only three and a half points. And at home, I'm going to roll with the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, would it be interesting for Texas A&M to, to bounce back? Yeah, but I don't see it happening, especially with them having fresh legs. 
The only thing I can think is, is it next week that they get Bama or is it uh, two weeks from now that Tennessee gets Bama? I can't remember what. Uh, I think it's always the third Saturday in October. Yeah. So next. Well, yeah, because I think this starts their ridiculously tough street. Yeah, stretch of games where they play. It's like A&M, Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, Kentucky, Georgia. Yep. So there could be a little bit of a look ahead spot, but they're not going to lose. You know, I don't think that's enough to lose the game. I just think it could be a look ahead and it's closer than we think. But three and a half points, they're going to cover that. So I've got the Tennessee Volunteers at home, but then their next two games, to your point, at Bama, at Kentucky, and then not having, you know, Neyland Stadium behind them, bets are off for those. All right. Staying at 3.30 Eastern time, I told you this 3.30 Eastern time. Uh, slot is very loaded. The number 23 Kansas Jayhawks in Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Kansas is uh, five and one on the season so far with one loss at Texas. Bounced back last week when they welcomed UCF to, uh, to um, oh my God, I'm about to forget what the hell, wherever, you know, Kansas. Oklahoma State, three and two on the season. Uh, they have losses to South Alabama, still laughing about that one. And at Iowa State, they did bounce back last week with a win uh, versus Kansas State. Uh, Kansas, or I'm sorry, yeah, Oklahoma State in this one at home is getting three and a half points. Um, I'm probably not going to dedicate a single brain cell to watching this game, Pierce, but it's a top 25 matchup, so I figured we should probably talk about it. Uh, Kansas has a, a much more impressive offense, but that's going to happen when you get held to seven points versus South Alabama at home. God, how many times can I squeeze that in there? It's just pathetic. Um, but that being said, you are at home, so you've been stressing the home field advantage thing. It's a pretty close spread. You're getting three and a half points. I don't know. I could go either way with this one. Who you got? I'm going Oklahoma State. Um, I, I think Kansas is the better team. Um, however, there were two things that were, I don't. I don't know if you watched Oklahoma State last week against Kansas State. I, I bet Kansas State in that one like an idiot. Um, Oklahoma State coming off their bye looked like a completely different team. Um, and at home, you know, they do have a good home field advantage. Now, I do. I do know that this is not a blackout game like last week was. And uh, you know, two thirty is a little different than you know seven o'clock. Um, however. Jalen Daniels is out for Kansas. Jason Bean, I think it's Jason um, Bean, struggled in his one lone start. I think he's a he's a uh, you know an above average quarterback, but he's no Jalen Daniels. Um, while I do think Kansas has the better overall roster, if they played on a neutral site with Jalen Daniels, I think that they run away with this one rather easily. Um, there are some external factors there, out you know factors that are playing in here with Jalen Daniels being doubtful with his back. I doubt he plays. I doubt they put him into uh, into harm's way there with the with it being a back. Um, and and you saw, I know it was against Texas. And I know Oklahoma State isn't Texas, but they struggled on the road against Texas. The one lone start for Bean, and and I see this going a little bit going the same way. Uh, now, one thing does scare me about this one. Uh, not just is Kansas a, a very underrated team, in my opinion. I know they're ranked twenty third, but they're five and one, and no one's talking about them, which is just crazy to me. It's it's crazy that we live in a world where Kansas is five and one, and no one's talking about them. Um, but what scares me about going to Oklahoma State here is Kansas runs a very they they scheme guys open and they they've got a very innovative uh, offensive coordinator and could they just out scheme Oklahoma State here for sure for sure that's a very real possibility however it's harder to scheme up uh, you know and get that momentum going on the offensive side of the ball when you're playing on the road um, I don't know if Oklahoma State wins this one but that seems the three. I know it's three and a half, but that three line, man, uh, the fa road favorites is always a sketchy number. I like Oklahoma State to keep this one close. And uh, with the hook, I'll take Oklahoma State. And uh, don't be surprised if they went outright. Um, just to be different, I guess I'm going to go Kansas. They are a better team for what it's worth, too. To your point, they're four and one. Nobody's talking about them. I think this is a, a spot where they could potentially put themselves on the map. And also, this Oklahoma State offense is rough. Um, the quarterback, what's his name? Bowman. Is it Alan Bowman? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, Alan Bowman, Correct. he so far, he has, is he still the starter? He's the, he's the leader. He yeah, I believe so. He, um, he started at Texas Tech, then was back up to J.J. McCarthy for two years. Um, I believe he Whoa. is the starter. I think he is 72 of 135, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's just not going to get it done. I know it's a home crowd, so that he's not going to have the, the, the road environment to have to deal with. 
but Kansas is a better team. And I think this is where potentially they could put themselves on the map. Um, I, I just, I just don't see this Oklahoma state team, you know, I, I think that Gundy doesn't have it anymore personally. So I'm going to roll with Kansas and maybe that's to be a little different from you because we've been lockstep so far, but also I just believe it. And you know what? You got to pick with what you believe. So give me Kansas to win this one and cover on the road in Stillwater. Um, all right. Now let's go to the night slate pier, 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. The Auburn Tigers in Death Valley to take on the number 22 LSU Tigers. So a little Tiger Bowl, if you will. LSU favored by 11 and a half at night under the lights versus this Auburn team. Auburn was off last week. They did get a bye after they uh, lost their last two at Texas A&M in that home uh, versus Georgia. LSU lost uh, to in September at Ole Miss, but then bounced back with a kind of last minute win. They had to kind of come from behind. Uh, not they didn't have to kind of. They did have to come from behind to beat Mizzou at Mizzou, forty nine to thirty nine. Auburn looking for their first conference win of the season. LSU still very much in play for the West. Need they're going to need some help. Obviously, uh, they had to take down Alabama slash Alabama might need to lose again. Um, but they still very much have a lot to play for and could make it to Atlanta for the SEC championship. What we know about Death Valley at night is a tough, tough place to play. This is a low-key, sneaky rivalry, um, you know, the Tiger Bowl. Uh, but I'm going to start with you. I got my thoughts. I'm going to start with you. Who do you got? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see this LSU team being all that good. Um, offensively, they, they've put up numbers this season. Um, but defensively, man, they, they are not very good this year and not that they were great last year, but they just don't have it in the back end. Um, this is a big number. I think this could probably be closer than 11 and a half, but I hate it. I hate it. Cause I, I, I'm not high on this to be quite frank with you last week. I thought Missouri, I don't know how Missouri blew that game. Give credit to Jaden Daniels. He absolutely willed that team to victory. But Missouri got out to such a big lead, they just kind of decided to start sitting on the ball, and and that allowed LSU to get back in the game. Had they just continued to throw, they were throwing it all over LSU. Um, you know, maybe chalk it up to to some to to some uh, poor co- coaching on the Missouri side and and getting a little bit soft. Um, maybe it was uh, some some you know adjustments made by LSU in the second half. But you know, this 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 LSU team just doesn't impress me all that much, and and I'm not a huge I'll give him his flowers this year, and he played well last year. I'm just not a huge believer in Jaden Daniels. Um, now, he has gotten better throwing. I'll give him that. But, you know, just keep him from running. That's the main thing. Just keep him from running. Make him beat you throwing. And teams, for whatever reason, don't – don't. it seems like they don't try to do that. Um, obviously, Georgia did that last year. Georgia has such a good defense last year that they were able to do that rather easily. Um, but Auburn struggles to throw the ball. And so how are they going to take advantage on the road against a, a struggling LSU defensive back group? I don't know if they can, to be quite honest with you. This team relies on running the football. Um, they rely on being at home to get that crowd on their back. I do like uh, Auburn. I do think they have a pretty good defense. I think they're pretty physical. Um, and I don't know if LSU's as physical as Auburn, to be quite honest with you. But I don't know if it matters in this one because I do think that LSU <clears> – <throat> comes out and is able to put up 35 plus points. And I just don't see Auburn being able to get to 20. Um, so for that, I'm going LSU. I think if they play this on a neutral site, this could be a very tough, you know, uh, 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 low scoring game, you know, where LSU maybe hits a, hits a late touchdown to, to win it. Um, Cause LSU is the more talented team here, but man, uh, they, they, they just don't play as physical as I would like to see them. And they're just not very good on the back end. So, uh, but in this one, I don't think it matters at home. Um, coming off that come from behind win, maybe that'll give them some momentum. Um, and, and they just have too much offense for Auburn to keep up with, uh, this year. So give me LSU minus 11 and a half. 11 and a half is a lot, but Jaden Daniels Pierce is quietly putting up quite the resume this year. He's probably not going to win the Heisman because LSU is not in the hunt for the playoffs, but he is putting up some pretty good numbers. Like I said, and all in all, the team is averaging 548 yards of offense a game, uh, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, that duo that they keep running out, is clearly not not going to be the answer for Hugh Freeze, uh, and he's going to struggle with that. Um, they have been on the road twice 
They have really Auburn. This is, uh, they barely beat Cal. Now Cal is good. I picked Cal earlier, but barely beat Cal 14 to 10. And then they lost. And it, it quite frankly, probably should have been a worse loss. 27 to 10 at Texas A&M. Um, LSU. Yes, they do have that one loss or sorry. They have two losses. I should say they lost to begin with FSU. If I said they had one earlier, my hand up my bad. Um, but that being said, I think that LSU covers this. I think that Auburn, yes, they are rested, but it's nighttime in Death Valley. You've got a guy who's been absolutely dealing for the Tigers. And this is right where they started playing really well last year too, Pierce, if you remember correctly. When they kind of were out of it, now they still could have technically made the playoffs, but when when they lost and they kind of ha- like didn't have that the, the in- expectations on them is when they really started doing things and playing like a team that could make the playoffs. So I think that could happen again. Um, so I am going to roll with the LSU Tigers in this one. Wouldn't be shocked at all if all of this is wrong because I think Brian Kelly is a, still a little bit in over his head, which is funny because he was like, seemed like such a slam dunk hire, but I'm just not sure about that ultimately. So I am going to roll with LSU again. Um, all right. Staying at the late, the late hour, 7.30 Eastern time on NBC, the number 10 USC Trojans and the number 21 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Notre Dame at home favored by two and a half is what we're getting it at. USC's offense has prolific numbers, but they've had to have prolific offense because their defense can't stop anything. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Not necessarily because he's, the, I, I do think he's the best quarterback in the nation and he might be the best player in the nation, but he's not going to win the Heisman because of that. He's going to win the Heisman because he's played so much damn snaps. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, their defense absolutely can't stop anything. It's my favorite play every single, every single week that they won't cover these very large point spreads. That being said, this one's close. This one's a closer point spread. Notre Dame, of course, off a loss at Louisville. They now have two losses. They're they're out of it. They can't with a uh, without a conference playing. They're done. They can't with losses to Ohio State and Louisville. This could be the kind of place where Notre Dame starts spiraling as they have in the past, and they absolutely you know drop some games they shouldn't. Um, maybe Marcus Freeman's turned that locker room around. I'm not sure. USC is undefeated, but like I said, I've had some very close calls most recently last week, having to go to triple overtime to beat the Arizona Wildcats, which a lot of people think is the worst team in the big, or the Pac-12, I should say. Um, I'll start with you, Pierce. I know where I'm going, but I'll, I'll start with you. Who do you got? Well, Notre Dame in this one, minus two and a half. <clears throat> um, it's, it's crazy. It seems crazy uh, just to even say those words, considering how poor Notre Dame's offense has been, um, you know, the last three games. Quite frankly, I think we overrated this offense a little bit uh, too early coming off that uh, that game in Ireland against Navy. Um, you know, we thought Sam Hartman, this is it. This is all they've been missing. Well, think again. You, you need a good offensive coordinator to scheme things things up uh, and and also put guys in position to make plays. And and they just haven't done a good job of doing that. Now, some of that does fall on the players. I get it. Um, but I, what helps? a struggling offense, get right. Playing a team that has no defense at all. Um, I, I think that Notre Dame is going to get right in this one. I think they're going to be some, they're going to be able to score some points. Um, I know last week wasn't necessarily a look ahead spot for them. Louisville was, that game was garnering a lot of attention. Louisville obviously undefeated. Um, but, you know, they had a road game, a tough road game at Duke. Um, coming off a tough game against Ohio State, that was a loss. Um, so they've been kind of in a, a tough spot the last three weeks. Uh, I think back home, this is a get-right game for them. Uh, if the offensive coordinator just um, gets off his butt and and does, uh, you know, does a, just a little bit more, I think this Notre Dame team can easily get to thirty points against uh, just an awful USC team defense. Um, now, could Caleb Williams certainly throw for four hundred and fifty yards and put up fifty points? Sure. Um, but this is going to be a tough, this, well, we'll see if USC tr- fans travel to this one. I don't think they're going to travel like Georgia did or Ohio state did, but, um, I, this is going to be a great environment and one where I, I do think that Notre Dame's defense is still a solid unit. Um, they might not be world beaters, um, like some people might've thought, but I do think that they'll do enough here to kind of, you know, bend, but don't break here. Um, Caleb Williams, you just got to realize he's going to get his, uh, and it's really, it really matters about what you do on the other side of the ball. If this deep, if this offense for Notre Dame and Sam Hartman and estimate come back and, um, you know, can put up 30 plus points, I think they win this game. So give me Notre Dame minus two and a half, uh, in a get right spot against just the poorest defense in USC. Agreed. 
at the end of the day, you have to have a defense to win football games, especially if you're going to go on the road. I understand that they can put up points like the best of them, but at what point is Lincoln Riley? I know we've asked this for years. At what point is Lincoln Riley going to do something about that damn defense? Because they'd be a, they'd be phenomenal if they had any type of defense. But I mean, like I said, I've been picking against them against the spread every single game this season because of the fact that they don't they can't stop anybody. So I think this is a, a, an outright Notre Dame win. Um, I'm sorry. Well, they're already favored by three, but <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But I think that the USC loses this game. I think that they um, are. I think it's going to be close. I think I could see Sam Hartman having to keep them in it. And then I think they pull away because of the fact that USC just cannot stop anybody. So give me the Notre Dame fighting Irish as well. I don't like that we're on the same team like every single game. I don't like that. This is this is uneasy for me. We'll see if we can switch it up. Well, it's hard. It's hard going second, isn't it? What? It's hard going second, isn't it? Well, you make good points because you want to be different, right? But it's like you do want to be different. Sometimes your you know your picks get taken, but this is you know home teams, home home environments. Yeah, I know. All right, well, we'll see if we. Yeah, being trying to overthink things. Listen, I have had to go back to the basics. I've had to go back to the basics. I have not been picking well. Just, just, just don't overthink it. Just pull. Well, let's see if you overthink this one. The number 25 Miami hurricanes fresh off that embarrassing loss. First of the season to Georgia tech going to Chapel Hill to take on the number 12 North Carolina Tar Heels. They are undefeated. God, this would have been such a good game if it was two undefeated teams, but uh, I digress. Um, Side note, there's a chance Pierce that at the end of the season, the ACC has undefeated North Carolina FSU and Louisville. Those teams do not play each other. There is a chance they could all be undefeated. Just saying. Um, all right. Miami, like I said, fresh off of that loss uh, to Georgia Tech. North Carolina and Drake May have looked really good. Um, there's just not a lot of people paying attention to them. I'm not sure why because they are undefeated. I think a lot of people just think thought it was going to be FSU Clemson. Obviously, Clemson pulled themselves out of that early. But the road in front of North Carolina, the, the the path to playoffs is very much in play for North Carolina. Miami needs to have a get right spot because not only just from a standpoint of you, you should have probably been able to handle Georgia Tech at home, but also from the last little bit, you're the laughing stock for the country right now. So maybe that fires them up. North Carolina is favored in this one by three and a half at home under the lights. Uh, like I said, Drake May has been pretty good for the North Carolina Tar Heels so far. Uh, defense has been better for them last year. That was kind of the issue been better. Uh, Miami on the flip side of things, defense or offense has been just as prolific. Defense has been a touch bit better, but they do not have home field advantage here. I feel like I know where you're going here because of what you said earlier, but, uh, who you got? Give me the Miami hurricanes, baby. Let's go bounce back spot for Miami. Um, listen, one thing that, that does worry me about this Miami side is, um, Trevor Van Dyke, man, when he's on and, and he's got guys and he knows where he's going with the football, he, he makes some really good throws, but he doesn't do the off script plays very well. Um, he, he doesn't, you know, if, if they haven't schemed guys open or he doesn't know where, where the open guy is or who he's going to with conviction, he, he really struggles, uh, uh, to, to get the ball to his receivers accurately and on time. And, and that could be a problem this one, but kind of like the last game with Notre Dame USC, this could potentially be a get right spot for that offense. Um, you know, who I don't know if you saw the picture that, that, that running back was down. Now it doesn't excuse the the horrendous uh, malpractice of a coaching decision by uh, Mario Cristobal, but I'm sure he's been in their ear this week saying we got hosed. Let's go out there and prove them wrong. We got a big opportunity here against North Carolina. And then when you really break down who these two teams have played, I mean, who's the best offense that North Carolina's played? App State probably takes that call. They have not played anybody, anybody to note. Uh, you know, and App State's probably the best team that they've played. You look at Miami side; haven't played too much here and there, but they did play Texas A and M and beat them pretty good at home. Now this is on the road; it's going to be a great environment in Chapel Hill. But I like what you said about Miami's defense, man. This Miami defense has played a lot better. You know, last year they really struggled with physicality. They were thin. They just didn't have the guys. Um, they look a lot better this season. Um, you know, definitely tough to see how the the two breakdown of plays. They, they just had a colossal breakdown in that Georgia Tech game at the end with those two long passes. Um, but I think they come out with their hair on fire in this one. You know, could Drake may come out and absolutely have an all world, you know, game 
an all all American Heisman type of performance. Sure. And if that's if I lose picking Miami because of that, I just tip my cap. But I think Miami is is just as talented, if not more talented than North Carolina. I think this is a perfect get right spot. Had they beaten Georgia Tech, I don't know if I would say the same thing, but they're going to have their hair on fire on this one. And I like Miami uh, to go in and steal one uh, against North Carolina. It's a very good pick. Also, when you consider Pierce, the fact that they're going to, or they've been very good. Miami has been good at shutting down the run so far this season, only giving up on average 58 a game. Um, they've probably faced better. Well, I say that neither of these teams have faced like world beaters. Um, I'm going to go North Carolina in this one, maybe just to be different, but also the home field advantage, Drake may and company. I just think that this North Carolina team is not going to, I don't know if they run the table in the ACC, but I could see them in, in Florida state facing off at the end. I just think that, like I said, that, that home field advantage. Um, yes, a get right spot for Miami, but I don't really trust you. If you had to go down to the wire with Georgia tech, I really don't. Um, the only other good team that they've played so far this season is Texas A&M. And yes, they handled them, but that was at home them on the road. I'm going, I'm going UNC in this one. So, uh, you know, we'll see. May the, may the best person win on that one, but I, I like, uh, I like, I like the powder blues. Um, all right, let's go to the back to the sec, the Missouri tigers are going to Lexington to take on the number 24 Kentucky Wildcats. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time on the SEC network. Both of these teams are coming off of a loss, their first of the season. Uh, Missouri having lost at home to LSU, Kentucky going on the road and getting manhandled by Georgia. So both, you can't use the get-right spot situation. (laughs) This is both of these teams are going to have that. Uh, one was more embarrassing than the other. The other one just kind of feels like maybe it slipped through your fingers when you were up. Like I think it was 22-7 Missouri was up at one point. Um, so not great from them. Kentucky is favored in this one by two and a half points. Um, I was pretty high on Brady Cook going into last week. Um, I did sprinkle money line on, on Mizzou to win. Uh, hated that that didn't, didn't happen. Uh, for what it's worth, Pierce, this game, not much of a rivalry, but you know it's cooking for Kentucky on the back end of this, and that would be the Tennessee Volunteers coming to Lexington next week. They're going to be licking their chops and thinking about that one. So, um, Interesting comments from Mark Stoops this week. We won't get into that. But Kentucky, like I said, favorite at home by two and a half. You going with the Tigers? You going with the Cats? I'm going to go with the Tigers. Um, I have been on this team for most of the season, if not the entire season. Um, I thought they were a very sneaky team to have a great year this year in what is it down east. Um, and, and to be quite frank, I, I, I may have mentioned in the last pod. I know I mentioned it to you off there. I was very close to tweeting out at halftime that Missouri might win the SEC East. Um, they looked that good. And, and obviously Brady Cook had that ridiculous streak of, uh, of, of passes without a, an interception. He did throw a couple in this one. Um, but I don't think Kentucky scares them from an offensive standpoint. You know, I, I think they're going to look at what, what Kentucky did against Georgia and go, well, that's, we saw that in previous games on film. They just can't throw the ball. They're just not a very good throwing team. Now, they'll have a little bit more success here uh, because Missouri's defense, while good, is probably not to Georgia's level, and they're at home. So it's a little easier to throw when you're at home. But I like this Missouri team. I think they've got a good defense, and and I think they've got a, a rather good offense with probably the best player on the field um, being on their side in Luther Burden. I think they'll do a good job of getting him the ball early and often. Um, you know, this this could be a really weird game, uh, but I, I've got the Missouri Tigers. Why why would I get go away from them? Obviously, last week was the first week they they cost me a loss um, since I've taken them this season due to the the thirty with thirty five seconds left. Brady Cook threw an inevitable pick six that I you could just sense it coming um, as soon as they got the ball inside their ten yard line. So uh, it was a shame they deserved to cover that game. Um, and quite frankly, I think if they had not taken their foot off the pedal. They would have beaten LSU. Um, I think they come out and, and get this W against Kentucky. I just think they're the, the better ball club in this one. Um, so give me the Tigers over the Cats. Gosh darn you. Now I want to switch my pick because I was going to take uh, Mizzou because I was like, oh, it's a little bit of a look right head spot, that kind of thing. But now you know the I dilemma know. that I'm in most weeks. That's a bummer. Um, I'll ride with you. I'm going to go Mizzou. I think the potential look ahead spot, like I said, twice now for Kentucky. Um, I just think that they were exposed. We've seen this from Kentucky before. They get exposed inevitably, and they don't necessarily bounce back. 
Um, I don't trust Devin Leary. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I do like Brady Cook. Now, if Ray Davis starts, you know, gets, gets his run, you know, game going, then I, the Kentucky, look out. But the biggest thing to me, Pierce, is what an undisciplined team Kentucky was. I was, I sat there on the 10, 10th row uh, in the corner of the end zone last game when they played Georgia, and it was just, it just was sloppy, sloppy play and a little bit of desperation mode. Um, so I don't necessarily, like I said, Stoops made some weird comments. Um, I don't know if that's going to sit well with his team, basically saying like, we don't have good players. We need to be able to buy better players. Um, I, I like, I like Mizzou in this one. I think that uh, what they have cooking is just a little bit better than Kentucky. We'll see. We'll see. Will Kentucky probably win now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we got two more games here, Pierce. The first one being a Pac-12 game. It's on Fox. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time. The number 18 UCLA Bruins in Corvallis to take on the number 15 Oregon State Beavers. What a game. Oregon State is looking forward to this one. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're Oregon State, if you want Oregon to lose this week or if you want them to be undefeated and potentially be able to take down your, your fiercest rivals. But they're going to have to get through this one first. Uh, they are going to be favored at home by four and a half is what we've got it at. It's already moved down to three and a half from the time I text you today about this. Uh, both these teams have one loss on the season so far. Oregon State's coming at Washington State where they only lost by three. UCLA went to Utah a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago at this point and lost 14 to 17. So both have losses. Um, for what it's worth, the transitive property, property applied in sports they took care of the, the the other opponent. So UCLA beat Washington State 25-17. And Oregon State beat Utah 21-7. Um, at home, Corvallis, DJU's been pretty good so far this season. Who you got? Whew, this game feels very much like the Oregon-Washington game. Uh, you have the home team probably maybe has the slightly better offense uh, than the away team, but the away team brings in a much better defense. Um, UCLA defensively has been fantastic all season, um, and, and I think they'll do a good job this game as well. Oregon State's not going to necessarily they're, – they're not like Washington where they can just absolutely throw it all over the yard. They, they, they'll have some success, but – they're going to want to run the football here, and that's kind of their mantra. And UCLA does a pretty darn good job of stopping the run. Um, so this could be a, an absolute all-out war. I'm going to go Oregon State in this one. I've been on them for most of the year. Uh, uh, first time going against them was last week, and it backfired on me. So uh, I'm going to go back to to my to my uh, my roots here and and pick Oregon State at home. Um, Corvallis is, uh, you know, a little bit of an underrated place to go play. And, and the fact that Dante Moore, a f- true freshman quarterback who, a guy who I think is going to be very good and he is very talented, um, and he'll be very good down the road. You saw at Utah, they really struggled offensively to get anything going. I think they struggle here. I think this is a lower scoring game, but I like Oregon state to squeak this one out by about a touchdown. I just think they have the slightly better roster top to bottom, you know, from a totality standpoint, UCLA has the better defense. Um, but I, I certainly think Oregon state has the the better offense and being at home gives them that slight edge. So give me the beeves uh, over the Bruins in this one. Looks like it's probably going to rain here, Pierce. Um, and that's not nothing. That's nothing new for the Pacific Northwest to have rainy conditions. So that would certainly favor the Beavs uh, over UCLA, who's obviously plays in LA where it rarely rains. But to your point, I do think that that uh, behooves uh, some some lower scoring, more defensive battle. And if it comes down to being more defensive, then I like UCLA in this one. Give me the Bruins outright. Um, all right, NC State. In Durham, North Carolina, just go on the short little bus ride down the road to take on the number 17 Duke Blue Devils. This game is at 8 o'clock Eastern time on the ACC Network. Duke has not had a bye last week after losing at home to Notre Dame in uh, a very close one. NC State has two losses on the season so far, home versus Notre Dame and home versus Louisville a couple weeks ago. Uh, Duke is favored in this one by three and a half points. Uh save for the Notre Dame game. Duke was kind of the story of the season. Obviously they took down Clemson uh, and then have been able to handle opponents since then. Haven't really played, didn't play anybody in between Clemson and Notre Dame coming off of a bye. Um, NC state is one of my, always my sleeper fun teams to go to ride with because they just kind of can muck things up. Um, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going to go with this one. So I want to hear what you got to say. And then I'm going to, I'm going to probably go opposite. 
man uh tough uh tough game to pick here um the big question is does riley leonard play and if he does play, is he a hundred percent? I don't think he, I don't think you could say he'd be a hundred percent. Um, as of two days ago, he's day to day, uh, definitely a better prognosis for a Duke fan than if he was, you know, questionable or doubtful, um, day to day seems like, you know, maybe one day he wakes up and it might feel better. Uh, but he won't be a hundred percent. And a big part of what Riley Leonard does, does, and, and what, why he is so effective is the use of his legs. Um, not worried about NC State coming in and having uh, a true road environment here. I think kind of the the um, the shine is off of of Duke after their loss to Notre Dame. Um, I do think this Duke team's very well coached and and a solid ball club. And they're probably they're probably it's probably even maybe they're slightly better than NC State. Um, you know when they're at full strength, but without Riley Leonard being there, uh, you know full go. Even if he is able to go, he'll be hampered by that ankle injury. I, I like NC State in this one to to cover this spread. What is it three and a half? Um, so getting that three and a hook, I, I like NC State to keep it close. I think it's a lower scoring affair. We'll see how MJ Morris plays on his in, a, in his, I believe, first road start of the season. Um, but I, I just like this NC State team with Dave Dorn. He's going to come in and have these guys ready to go and, and to and to take care of business. A low scoring affair in this one. I'll take the points with a team who's pretty comparable in talent uh, to the, to their opponent uh, without a home field, without a true great home field advantage. Um, So give me NC state plus three and a half. I'm taking the Duke blue devils in this one. Um, Yes. They don't have a great home field advantage. Yes. You can say all that you want about Riley Leonard. Who knows if he plays the full game, but he's gutsy. He's had a week off flip side of things. NC state has had some quarterback issue. They, they are no longer rolling with who was started at the beginning of the season. They have a sophomore guy in there. um, And I think Duke's defense is just better. So uh, call it the Cinderella story, but I'm going to roll with the Duke Blue Devils in this one to get it done and cover that point spread. Also, because the last time I picked NC State, they absolutely crapped the bed. So not a fan of that. Once you burn me, I gotta. I have a hard time going back to you. All right, that's going to do it here for our picks. If you did not catch last week what we did on Saturday, we released Easy Peasies. Hoping to get that out early Saturday mornings for you, so make sure you're subscribed. Uh, what that does is you're going to hear exactly what we're betting on that day. You're going to hear, like, there is no, hey, I believe this, but, you know, I wouldn't touch it with this in a football. No, this is, here's what my card looks like. Here's what I'm on. You can fade me. You can roll with me. Um, hand up. The week Two weeks ago, did great. Last week, didn't do so great. So take that information, what you will. Pierce, you've been to, doing okay on your easy peasies. Are you over 500 yet? No, I went I went one and two last week. I was one game under, um, so we're going to have to have a big couple weeks here to get back. But uh, not having a down from last season, but not doing awful. Haven't had an 0-3, haven't had a 3-0. and Kind of been right in that one and two, two and one. So maybe I just jinxed myself. You know what's coming this week. Um, but yeah, excited to get those to you. I like the format. I, I Yeah, I know. I, I, fought, I fought you on it uh, in the pod uh, and, and after the pod uh, a couple weeks ago about the easy peasy segment. But I, I have long complained about you know, when we do these things on Tuesday or Wednesday night, it, you know, I need the whole week to now there are games that I'll bet, you know, on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday to kind of get that line value. Um, but I, I like to let things simmer. I like to see what's coming out. More things are known a lot later you go in the week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I, I really like the way that we're doing those. So kudos to you, Madison. Well, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that. If gambling is your thing, um, if you are into social media. We'll also be posting those there on Twitter and Instagram at Brag and Pod. Uh, Pierce holds down the Twitter and tweets his thoughts. I pretty much uh, try to real time post things, reels and things of that nature. So make sure you are uh, following us on there as well. But that is going to do it for us in our week seven preview. We'll be back next week to recap all the good, the bad and the downright ugly of the week. Until then, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all. <laughs>